a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 22 minutes after 2 o'clock. We, in the last segment, as you heard, we spoke to uh, Detective Greg Wilking. He's uh, with the Salt Lake City Police Department, and uh, that call came about because yesterday, as we were wrapping up the day, producer Amy and I were looking over uh, the different communiques we had received throughout the day, and one of them came from the police department, and it contained a a little piece of information that absolutely broke my heart. I, I am no sociologist. But the other day while I was out jogging, just trying to uh, clear my mind and keep my body healthy, I started speculating as to how we might, uh, as a society, uh, respond, uh, you know, in in kind of broad sweeping terms to uh, our new now. Uh, I I say new now and not new uh, normal uh, because of a a little change, a little paradigm shift uh, brought about by the great Boyd Matheson. This is a a temporary thing. And as we endure it, I was wondering how uh, we might, as a a society, uh, respond. What are our capabilities? How uh, armed are we to handle the stresses and the fatigues that uh, come from this type of uh, social distancing? Uh, Many of us find ourselves in quarantine circumstances. On top of that, there is a, a good deal of uncertainty when it comes to employment. Employment and income and money. How are we going to pay the bills, keep the lights on, keep the water running, keep the roof over our head, keep food in the pantry, keep clothes on our backs, keep our tuition payments made? How are we going to cover those bills? When you ask enough of those questions and the stress uh, stacks up high enough, uh, some folks uh, aren't capable of enduring. And sometimes they snap. And sometimes they commit acts of violence against their loved ones. And that's what Uh, The Salt Lake City Police Department let us know just yesterday that over the course of the past two weeks, there has been a 33% increase in the number of phone calls they have received reporting uh, alleged acts of domestic violence. Uh, Detective Wilking uh, talked through some of that with me, and we're going to continue that conversation now uh, with Jen Oxborough, who is the executive director of the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. Uh, Jen, first, thanks for joining me on the program today. Uh, And and let me ask you, first and foremost, you hear a statistic like that, 33% increase in domestic violence calls being made to the Salt Lake City Police Department. How do you respond to that? Hi, thanks so much for talking with us today. Um, yeah, I am not surprised. Uh, we serve in our statewide network of programs, um, all people, whether they have intersected law enforcement or not. So we're actually seeing a sharper increase in demand for our services. We're up about 50 to 60 percent. Um, so we oh, don't require right. that people have a police report in order to get emergency shelter or help with a protective order or counseling services, safety planning. Um, so, yeah, we're feeling it, too. I'm not surprised. 
What's the nature of the types of calls that you're receiving? And and let me just say, up 50 to 60 percent, uh, that that is absolutely heartbreaking. I thought 33 percent uh, was uh, was tough and terrible, uh, but you bring up this number, 50 to 60 percent uh, increase in the number of calls on this topic that you're receiving. Uh, that's heartbreaking. We got to do something about it. Uh, c- characterize the nature of these calls that you're receiving, please. So we represent a team of community-based programs across the state that provide about 100,000 nights of emergency shelter, lots of other services, and we collectively answer about 43,000 crisis calls per year. We help assess people who are at high risk of intimate partner homicide and then connect them with services that are proven to save lives and reduce risk, improve safety. Um, What we're hearing from people is that they are very stressed at home and especially in homes where there's been an abuse, power and control, violence dynamic prior to this situation. um, Stressors are going up now more with some of the things that you talked about with financial stress, with additional responsibilities, with kids being home from school, um, complicated custody arrangement situations, um, job stress. But, you know, the thing that we want to stress is that help is always available uh, 24-7, confidentially, whether you're engaging with law enforcement or not. We want people to know that there's free confidential help out there for everyone, whether you're being victimized or you're perpetrating this type of violence and abuse. There's help. What are, what are some of those helps? If you call, let's talk about uh, the circumstances of both folks, the, the, the ones who find themselves on the receiving end of some of this violence uh, or uh, and, and the, those who uh, are fearful that they may perpetrate this type of violence. They call your organization. What can they expect to hear? So our organization, um, by calling 1-800-897-LINK, L-I-N-K, or going to udvc.org to look for resources, you're going to be connected with a professionally trained and certified victim advocate. Uh, We take calls 24-7, totally confidentially. You don't even have to give us your name, and we can take calls in over 100 different languages. Those professional victim advocates understand the really important nuances and that domestic violence and abuse are very different situation to situation. Um, They're trained in evidence-based assessment tools to look at risk factors, and then our job is to connect people back to resources within their community and talk them through some important safety planning. If you're using abuse and power and control in this stressful time frame, it is a choice. And so we can help people plan and intervene in that cycle of violence early on. And and what we see from our research and statistics across the country is that risk goes down when you engage with a professional advocate. So if you care about someone who is isolated, who is sheltered with someone who's abusive um, or experiencing this, perpetrating it, whatever it is, reach out to us and talk to us. We know that safety can improve. You mentioned at the start of this conversation that your organization has seen an increase of some 50 to 60 percent of calls in. Is that testing your capacity? Are there ways that folks can contribute to your organization? I want to make sure that you folks are armed uh, to handle any increases you may face doing such noble work like this. Paul, thank you so much for that. Yes, we uh, we are stressed. We are, are pretty Uh, thinly stretched on a day-to-day basis. So when a a crisis like this happens, um, it's even more challenging, but we're not going anywhere. Um, You know, we have really smart people managing these services across the state. So you can make direct donations to any of our member programs. Um, They're the ones that are doing the work on the ground. We're sort of the umbrella organization that supports those programs and runs the statewide hotline, but we're we're all nonprofit, non-government organizations. So for 
anyone who's interested in making a tax-deductible donation, you can find information about that at udvc.org or through Facebook. You can find us as the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition, um, and you can find our member programs if you'd like to donate to them directly, too. Um, so we really appreciate any support that people can offer at this time. Um, most of all, though, just want to reassure people that we're going to be here no matter what. We're a statewide yeah. network of programs, and we refer to each other. So if one program is full or at capacity or can't meet someone's needs, they'll find a sister organization, um, and we'll link people back to that. That's why we call our hotline the Link Line. 1-800-897-LINK, LINK 5465. Uh, Jen Oxborough, I'm so grateful to you uh, for the service that you render in our community, the people of Utah. Uh, and listen, I'm serious. If you do find yourself beyond capacity and if there's anything that uh, this program or this station can do, uh, you get in touch with producer Amy. Uh, you and I will have another chat and we'll get some resources heading in your direction, all right? Thank you, Lee. I'm so touched by that. Be safe, and, and to your listeners as well. We're here for you. Um, everybody take good care. Outstanding. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, shift gears pretty dramatically and take a look at the race for attorney general here in the great state of Utah. We'll be speaking to another candidate. Rudy Bautista is my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.